left, right. Yo, thank you for watching. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Sip Talk. Uh, today we are talking about guns. And if you are watching in current time, there's been two episodes of some pretty extreme gun violence. And uh, it's some heavy stuff. So James and I are discussing guns, discussing accessibility to guns. And uh, yeah, I'd really like your opinion. So if you want to share some comments, if you want to shoot me a DM, I would love to hear more about your thoughts on guns and the current gun control laws. So thank you for tuning in. But uh, you know, take some time and uh, be glad that, uh, that you're safe and sound. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. <laughs> Cheers. 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 So this is episode 87 of Sip Talk. My name is Justin DeGiulio, joined by co-host James the Bosnator Boswell. James out of Charleston, South Carolina. What are you drinking? Thinking with the bush ice. Um, bush until ice. I move into the next house, uh, it's going to be bush ice here on out. All right, cool. Well, I mean, I, I respect the uh, the frugality while you're waiting to build up your, your greater bar in the new place. I'm expecting uh, to drop like five or 600 bucks on my new bar. I completely believe that. I, uh, I'll make my drink in a minute. I've been dieting lately, so I'm making a, a low-calorie option drink. Uh, we'll get there in a minute. Somewhat of a Cuba Libre. Um, so today we're talking about guns, and we're going to get to guns pretty soon, share our opinion on guns. I, I predict that our opinions are going to... Now, we, anybody who's watching this, James and I, we've touched on guns a little before, but this is the first time we, we just decided we were going to talk about guns. We don't really know where we're going to fall on the gun line. Some crazy shootings over what, like the last week you had yeah. Colorado yesterday. And then you had the one we talked about last week when we were talking about Asia Atlanta and Atlanta. That was like a week ago, right? About Yeah. might even be less. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, obvious some gun violence going on. Uh, that's, what's going to carry us into, uh, March 16th, so exactly a week. Shit. Yeah, so two big shootings. Not, well, no, every, big, every shooting. <laughs> they're, they're big shootings. Um, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what qualifies a big shooting, but more than one person shot lots and lots of bullets. So. I guess if an elephant gets shot, too. Um, that would that, be a big shooting. Yeah. Yeah, probably considerably fewer activists, but probably quite a few activists. Um, so I got some notes here. I want to, I want to revisit the Asian hate thing. Cause that's been driving me nuts. Um, and just kind of hate in general. Uh, but you were, you, before we got online, you were talking about an article. Um, well, this reading. is on the topic of guns. Um, okay. and, and the derv touched on this a little bit on Thursday, but the, the suspect in the Atlanta shootings from last week was able to buy the gun that he used in the shooting on the same day that he used the gun. There was no waiting period. He, he went into the shop, filled out some paperwork. They ran a background on background check on him. He passed and he walked out of the store with a gun probably within an hour. 
Now, did he did David reference the abortion thing? Yeah, where you can get a gun faster than you can get an abortion in in Georgia, which is wild. Yeah, um, I mean these these are big decisions. Also, right? you can get a gun faster than you can vote in Georgia. You, there's no same day voter registration in Georgia. I mean, so I feel like we do that a lot in society. We take one thing and then we we pull it we juxtapose it to something else that's not really related and the legislation was written completely independently but it is wild when you put two things side by side like that especially when you're talking about big big things um and it, it shows you where our priorities lie and it says what what is important to us well yeah but also remember the different legislation is written at different times doesn't matter Sure, but you know, we're, I, I feel like we're getting tighter and tighter. Like we're making it later and later to drink, later and later to smoke, um, you know, things like that. But, um, but when I mean, when it comes to firearms and and I don't know, I mean, where where do you fall when, when it comes to uh, deciding what hoops you have to go through for anything? You know, do, do you think driver's license should be getting later? You think uh, voting age should be getting later? You think drinking age should be getting later? Are we just constantly making it more difficult to get things? Where, Here's where... a general rule. The more dangerous an activity is, the more hoops you should have to go through in order to engage in it. Well, but now you're now how are you defining danger? Because then pretty you, easy. But then you're like, well, well, pretty easy in, in which way you're talking violent danger. But somebody else who works for some type of rights group is going to argue how porn is dangerous and how you shouldn't be able to buy porn at 18. And I'm sure they're going to have a laundry list of convincing reasons and a thousand people behind them with picket signs and 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 sore throats and screaming. Yeah, but it's a lot harder to make the case that porn is killing people when guns are actually killing people sure, and the same the, can be made about um but the arg- but, but the argument would go along the lines of sure i guess you're keeping these people alive but they're living fucked up sexual lives because they're sexual deviants because they're watching porn and that's you know we're in a christian country and we shouldn't have naked but people we're not a christian Christians. country well but I'm, I'm sure the people arguing against porn are arguing that we're in a christian country for the most part <laughs> so um but I mean, I'm just I'm kind of playing devil's advocate. I I have my own set of views on on most of this stuff. And um, I mean, you know, I'm trying to for the sake of the conversation, have it, you know, I, I I'd have to figure out each individual case where where I land on things. But I think generally speaking, uh, I, I'm pretty cool with the driver's license being 16 Um and then with experience, you get to drive like after nine or whatever those rules were. That seems pretty reasonable. Um, I actually we, thought that the system that New York set up was actually was pretty good. Oh, that we went through it firsthand. And I felt like there were a lot of barriers and limited gradual steps for us to be behind an automobile independently. Mm-hmm. And then with passengers, because you have to you're not allowed to drive with passengers right off the bat. I think you are. I think it was that you like it was what times you could drive or like you couldn't drive after nine unless you were going like to or from work or something like that to or from and work, you couldn't yeah. drive out of state like if you had the class dj license it was like you could only drive to school or work after nine and you couldn't leave the state and then once you turned 17 if you had the dj license it would be automatically upgraded to a d and you could basically drive without restrictions 
So you can drive at 16 and then you get experience and you can, uh, wait, what, 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 I, I missed the last part. Cause I was, I was thinking about the next, I'm thing pretty sure that like, so you can, you can get your learner's permit on the day you turn 16. Yeah. And then you can pretty much register for a road course for the, for the road test pretty much immediately, but it's probably a bad idea to do so um, until you've had some chance to drive with the learner's permit with a, a, a registered, uh, a licensed driver guiding you. Yeah. Um, and, but you could, in theory, probably take your road test the day after your birthday. You're probably not going to pass it, but you could. Yeah. Um, and then from age well, I mean, 16 until 17, or it might be that you have to hold the license for a year. I don't remember. It's been too long. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, that, you that's have to have my question was. But at some point, you get like you age out of the DJ license. And yeah, whether that's after a certain number of driven hours or after a year, I don't know. They have no way of tracking hours, but I'm pretty well, sure that you can't get the DJ license before 17. That, that, that's just a hard stop. But it might have been like you could get, I think it was if you had taken a driver's ed course, then you could get the D license at 17. And if you uh, didn't have, and you didn't take the driver's ed course, you got the D license age 18. That might make sense. Yeah, but I, I like the gradual steps. Um, so so then you get actually I want to talk about the motorcycle. Well, we got to get back in the guns in a second. And then I'm, I'm going to make this low. How calorie. long did we last? <laughs> I know we're, we're bad with this. And then I'm going to make this low calorie cocktail um, that's fitting in with my diet. But uh, on the motorcycle license, the motorcycle license is an interesting one because when you get the motorcycle permit, you know, it's more difficult to ri- drive a motorcycle with a passenger. So with the yeah, so motorcycle, you can't just have somebody on the back saying, no. don't do this. Yeah. So you get the motorcycle permit in a written test, and then you're allowed to drive around in the motorcycle with no one else on the motorcycle, which is the safe, safer of the options. Um, but you have to be within a half mile of a licensed rider. Which, I mean, that you know, that makes sense that you have a licensed person around you. But but still, you're just you can be out in the open road, having never driven a motorcycle before. So I think it's a very weird uh, difference between driving a car where you have the licensed person in the car. Yeah, South Carolina you. does it a little differently. Uh, well, when I lived in South Carolina, they were transitioning from if you had a driver's license, you could drive a motorcycle, to you needed a separate uh, motorcycle license. Yeah, here. You have two options. You you either take a motorcycle training course, which they offer at like the community colleges or wherever. It's like four hundred bucks for a weekend, and you get to drive their motorcycles and practice a couple things. And at the end of that, if you pass, which probably everybody does, um, then you basically get a certificate that you can send into the DMV, and they'll upgrade your license. The other option is you can go and take a road test for your motorcycle license. Yeah. Same in New York. Um, and yeah, pretty much everyone passes that, that test in the, in the class. Yeah. That's what uh, you're paying for. You're paying for the certificate. They're not, like, they're not in the yeah. business of failing people. It's a license exam waiver course. All right. So I'm going to make, so I've been really trying to watch what I've been drinking lately in terms of additional calories and I've decided that pretty much since Joe Biden became president and coronavirus started going away the same day, um, that I have to get my diet back on point and obviously just get back in general good shape. Because when gyms were closed and I didn't have a decent workout set up at home, working out was basically impossible. I was when they opened gyms and I would have to stand on the sidewalk for 40 minutes waiting to go into the gym. That's not 
I, you can't, you know, you can't schedule a workout in when you may have to wait standing on the sidewalk. So now that life's pretty much back to normal for me, started working out, decided I got to start eating healthy. So I'm really trying to limit the alcohol consumption. Obviously this is sip talk, but, and I was going to, I was going to have a regular cocktail tonight, but I thought I'd share this interesting cocktail. Um, when I'm not drinking, it's one that I'll make or some nights when I've had a little too much and I got to scale back on the alcohol, um, rather than, drink water, I'll make myself a mocktail. So here's the mocktail. It's diet uh, cola. And I'm going to make a mock Cuba Libre here. So, and since it's diet, I'm adding quite a bit. You still drink a lot of soda, James? No. No, well, I mean, good for you. I know you're definitely not a fan of diet soda. So, um, and then I got a lime here nice fresh lime one thing about having a bar at home is is always keeping some mixers on hand and yeah the problem with fresh ones is like they don't last very long if you have like fresh squeezed juice or whatever it might last at best four or five days yeah but what i do with lime is um even i every time i go to the grocery store i just grab a couple and i'll you know i put it in water or something you know after dinner i'll have a a glass of ice water with some some lime in it so i run through them pretty regularly um and then when we have a bunch of people over i'll grab some extras so i got lime diet coke and i got some bitters seems like the cap is glued on here a couple of bitters and some ice and that's it it tastes almost like a rum and coke uh minus a little bit of added sweetness and depth from any rum but uh but it's a great mocktail and if you're really trying to pretend that you're drinking a drink no and you just kind of make it yourself no one's going to have any idea that you're not drinking a actual cocktail so Cheers to your bush. Ice. Oh, that's good. And the bitters, I mean, the bitters actually make it taste like a cocktail. So I thought I'd share that with people. You'll have to come up with a couple recipes for non-alcoholic drinks that that are good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I definitely, (laughs) I mean, obviously I prefer alcohol, alcoholic beverages, um, but on occasion, it's nice to have something with, with no alcohol in it. Um, and I, honestly, in terms of trying to, like, I've been, it, rather than using anything with sugar in it lately, I've been using this as a mix <laughs> and I'm, I'm done with that. That, that really wasn't very good, especially with the salsa water. <laughs> we, we tried to tell you. Yeah, I know. I know. So, um, so let's get into some other things that, that are, uh, weird barriers of entry, because I want to segue into it being a little too easy to buy guns. But, you know, they just increased the smoking age or the age uh, in New York where you can buy tobacco products to 21. Um, same down here, actually. Which, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like at 18, I would probably have been more likely to buy cigarettes than I would at 21. But I was never compelled at 18 nor at 21 to buy cigarettes. Um, but I just, I, I mean, 21 is... is like you're full on adult, you know, it's, it's, uh, I get, I get what they're trying to do, but I just, I, I don't, I don't like that 21 year old 
mark. Same thing with with alcohol consumption. I feel like at 18, if you're out of the house, like you should be able to have kind of free reign to buy whatever you want. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think the age for both of them is stupid. What do you think um, it should be? Probably 18. I look at it as 18 is kind of our threshold for what we determine to be legally an adult. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So if, if you're going to have all the rights and responsibilities of an adult, particularly the responsibilities where you commit a crime, you're going to be tried as an adult and you can be drafted at age 18. You can vote at age 18. Why do we have this other category of adulthood that you have to wait three years for? Well, it's because the people on the north side of that threshold are the ones that are making making the rules. Yeah, but like I'm on the other side of 21, and as soon as I turn 21, it's not like, oh, screw all you guys. You got to wait three more years. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we holding on to something that makes no sense? Well, I look at, I mean, my thinking is I feel like you and I were having drinks before we were uh like 18 before like you know, we were like 15, oh, yeah. 16 years old we were having lots, a little bit of wine we were making lots of people were make not i feel like a lot of people weren't i mean i i feel like there's also a lot of people that have locked themselves in solitude for the last year because of coronavirus people that are like following laws to the t the kind of people that don't do 56 on the highway which if you've ever been on a highway you you know there are people that don't go over 55 so there's a lot of people that that really follow the rules but I feel like the way that we were introduced to alcohol is probably similar to a lot of European countries and a lot of the greater rest of the world where it's not criminalized. Obviously, there are some barriers to buy things because they are, to a degree, a controlled substance. But um, it's just not that withheld and dangled in front of you for so long um, that you had this pent up desire to buy something. And, you know, experiment with it. Um, well, it, it's not treated as something special. It, it's not, you don't have this whole forbidden fruit aspect to it. Now, that's not to say that during my time in Spain, I didn't see a whole bunch of like 15 and 16 year olds just stumbling down the street because they had too much at a bar. That happened all the time. But really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, can you, uh, if you don't mind sharing, tell the story of the first time you get drunk? No, the one I threw up on the keyboard. <laughs> and I'd been drunk before, but that was different. <laughs> I honestly don't have that much memory of it, and I'd rather not tell the story. Okay. But I uh that 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 story went through my head the other day. I don't remember where it came from, but just just that you well, I mean, I, I was I wasn't gonna tell the story, but you basically you got drunk, you throw up on the keyboard, as you said. And yeah, then the next morning I had to drive and buy a new keyboard. <laughs> you had to, your parents made you buy a new keyboard. Yeah, so. that was my punishment, is you're gonna drive 30 minutes one way, hung over as fuck, and you're <laughs> going to buy a new keyboard. Oh man. Because you I, destroyed the other one. <laughs> destroyed is right. Um well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the essence of the story there. Um, um, I, I really I don't remember any of that, though. I was beyond blackout. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you were and you were young. So look, so we got so we got uh, tobacco products, which they just increased the age. Um, we have porn, which is 18. We have alcohol, which is 21. Um, and we have driving, which is 16 slash 17. I think some states. I South remember, Carolina, I think you can get your learner's permit at 15. 
I think some states in the South are, are 15, or at least I remember my cousins in Florida being able to drive with a permit, I think, at, at 15. What, what else is there controls on? Is it, so I assume, I don't know anything about buying guns, but I assume it's- So I th- I'm pretty sure that most states you can buy a gun at 18, and then some states have restrictions as to what types of guns you can buy at 18. So you might be able to buy handguns at 18, but not buy long rifles or hunting rifles until 21. I would think the opposite. Um, think handgun. Look, I don't know. Um, every state's different, but there, there are definitely states that restrict certain types of gun purchases to 21 and up. Yeah. Um, all right. Just somebody asked the cost of cigarettes in New York and it's, it's $13 a pack. I just looked that up. Well, it's like uh, how much? Or, it's about seven bucks a pack down here. Wow, that's wild. You could double your profit. Like seven to eight bucks. It depends on which brand you're buying and everything else, but figure about seven to eight bucks a pack. Yeah. So what does a gun cost? I, I don't have any idea what a gun costs. I would well, guess it like ranges bucks. wildly. Um, I'd say your cheapest handguns you can probably get for like 200 to 300 bucks. I'd say your average handguns probably going to be like between five and 800. And then some of the higher end pistols would be like a thousand to 2000 bucks. And then you can get into like specialized stuff. But like, if you're talking about kind of an off the rack gun, depending on the brand that you're buying and everything figure between 200 and $1,500, depending on the manufacturer and what it's chambered for. So that would be like your Honda civic of of guns like the every man's gun the the classic example is like a glock like a glock um, 19 which is going to be just the standard nine millimeter glock and those are probably about five or six hundred bucks um that's what a lot of police carry but if you wanted to get like a cheap like 38 38 revolver or something you could probably go for you could probably get one of those for like under 300 bucks because engineering wise they're extremely simple a revolver yeah whereas like a semi-automatic handgun has a lot more moving parts is a lot more complex mechanically and then for more expensive ones like the i don't own a gun and i don't intend to but if i were to buy a gun i'd probably want to get the five seven pistol which is kind of an exotic chambering and it's and that's like about fifteen hundred bucks. Fuck. All right. I mean, that's a lot of money, but um, you know, if you can get okay. So the guns we're mostly talking about, though, are uh, semi-automatic, meaning you don't have to cock them. You pull the trigger, and a bullet comes out. Mm-hmm. Even revolvers are semi-automatic. Yeah, and that's that's what, so. And then what, what's one step below that? What is it oh, called? Um generally going to be like a bolt action or something no pistol at this point is going to be bolt action that just doesn't make sense you think like, you're going to either get a semi-automatic pistol which is usually going to be like a gas blowback spring driven design where some of the energy of the bullet so most of the energy of the bullet goes down the, the the chamber and pushes the bullet out but some of that gas is redirected back to put re- enough energy to cock the, the hammer back and also yeah. cycle the next round up. Yeah. Um, and so you've got various mechanisms be- between gas blowback or like a spring mechanism. Um, but uh, whereas a revolver is when you pull the trigger, the trigger 
cocks the hammer back and also releases the hammer, but part of your energy of pulling the, the trigger also cycles the chamber. Turns, yeah, turns the chamber. Um, so revolver has a revolving circular chamber of bullets, whereas uh, what's the other one called? Semi-automatic will have a magazine, a magazine where the bullets are loaded into a spring-loaded magazine that pushes the next round up. Exactly. No, like uh, and how many? Action, go ahead. How many bullets are typically in a uh, revolver versus a regular handgun magazine? Six oh. to, to six to ten. Uh, rarely are revolvers going to have more than six. There's a reason why it's called a six shooter. I didn't. I guess that makes sense. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, because it's, it's awkward to have like an eight round. Like it's just bigger. Because you can't like with the, a magazine, you're going to have like a clip that and then the bullets can just kind of stack. Whereas yeah. like a revolver, they have to go around in a circle. And the more you want to have, the bigger the circle has to be. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you can I have mean, like a 30 round revolver, but it's going to be like it's going to look ridiculous. It, may, it makes me think of like a Tommy gun from from no, uh, those are like drum Dick, magazines. Dick, Dick Tracy. So those are drum magazines which work on the same uh same concept as a clip or a, ma look, a clip is actually different. A lot of people call things clips when they're actually magazines, but the magazine is just, you've got like, here's your magazine and you've got a, a stopper at the bottom that's spring loaded. So the spring pushes it up and you put in bullets and it just notches down a little bit. So it's like a, a Pez, it's like a Pez dispenser for bullets. Exactly. Okay. And so a drum magazine works the exact same way, except inside the drum, it's spiraled. So, Imagine a spiral Pez dispenser instead of straight up and down. And that's what a drum magazine is. Mm. Um, you can also have belt fed. And that's when you think of like, like the machine guns that are on like the side of helicopters or wherever you've just got a box of bullets that feeds a belt through, um, which are really high capacity, but they're not something that you like are easily going to be carrying around. So nobody uses them. So, so these are semi automatic meaning you pull the trigger once pull the trigger once you get one, one bullet you hold down the trigger the you still only get one bullet uh -huh. um and the next so, step up is an automatic weapon where you hold the trigger down and the longer you hold it down the more bullets come out until there's no more bullets until there's no more bullets and that would be very useful if you were trying to take down warthogs in the sahara or what would be the other reason you would use that? Well, <laughs> um, domestic terrorism. Yeah, but even then, automatic fire. The problem with automatic fire is that recoil is if you're just holding something down, it's really hard to keep the gun steadily aimed something at, at anything, really. So fire um, hose effectively. Pretty much. Um, so even even automatic weapons, most trained gunmen will not fire fully auto until the magazine is out though usually most will probably fire in like a burst of like traditionally like three to five rounds at a time because that's enough for that to put some ammo down range but not lose control of the gun um so the only time that you really see in practical effect automatic weapon fire used is for suppression like suppression of what? So if you've got multiple people that like, so let's say you're in the middle of a battle in war and 
you know the enemy's hiding somewhere and you're also taking cover or whatever and you don't want the enemy to move from where they are then you use suppressing fire to discourage them from moving where they're constantly your aim, taking, is, your aim is very bad you're just you're scaring you're not you're bullets. honestly not even trying to hit them you know you're, that your bullets aren't going to hit them but you're going to make them know that as soon as they come out from cover they're likely to get hit so they stay under cover so you use suppressing fire to keep the enemy from being able to move out to see you while you reposition to get a better angle on the enemy to, to flank them and get a shot before they can react. Now, now let me ask this. Is it, uh, I have an odd relationship to guns because I know nothing about them. Um, and what I learn, I quickly forget because I'm just not using that information. But is it any more difficult to get your hands on an automatic weapon in the That's US. That's more difficult. Okay. Now the guys that did all this shooting over the two different guys that did the shooting over the last week, what type of weapons were they using? Do you know? Um, the Atlanta shooter used a pistol of some sort. Um, okay. I don't know exactly what kind. It was a nine millimeter pistol, which I mean, Nine millimeters probably the most common chambering for for handguns in this country because it's inexpensive. It has low recoil. It's very easy to find, and it's pretty effective unless somebody is wearing body armor, and most people aren't. Yeah, isn't body armor isn't that very difficult to buy? No, I'm pretty sure that they're making body armor illegal in some places. Maybe. Like bulletproof, bulletproof vests. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's not that many restrictions on buying bulletproof vests. And bulletproof vests is kind of a misnomer because it's not like if you get shot when you're wearing a bulletproof vest, you're just like, oh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> you still got shot. and You still have something that's going. How, how fast does a bullet go? 400 um, miles an hour? Most no, no faster than that. Most bullets are supersonic. Um, I think okay. most handguns travel at about eighteen hundred feet per second, and like hunting rifles are probably between like twenty five hundred and three thousand feet per second. Which I should do the calculation. Yeah. Per second. <laughs> I'm like I'm like four hundred miles an hour sounds fast. All and right. let's do seventeen hundred feet. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That that put that makes sense. So. At 1,700 feet per second, that's about 1,150 miles an hour. Supersonic is like 767 or so, or 744. Supersonic um, means you're breaking the sound barrier. Um, let me see what a 9-millimeter muzzle velocity is. 1,246 feet per second, so let's do that. So that's 850 miles an hour, which is still supersonic. Um, let's do a common rifle chambering. So... The bullets are fucking flying fast. Very, yeah, very yeah. fast. So uh, a thirty oh six, which is a really common um, hunting rifle round, is about 2,800 feet per second. So that's 1,900 miles an hour. It's pretty fast. Um, it's pretty rare. Not many people fire subsonic rounds. Um, Would there be any additional utility of a slower bullet? Um, subsonic rounds aren't going to have the sonic boom of the created by the bullet. So if you're looking to use a suppressor, so this is where movies are really bad is in movies. If someone has a silenced pistol or whatever, it just sounds like pew, pew, like a little sneeze or something. Whereas mm -hmm. in reality, if you fire a suppressed pistol with a, a supersonic round, it still sounds like a gun. 
It's just the difference between if you're not wearing hearing protection and someone fires a silenced pistol relatively close to you, it'll still be loud, but you're not going to like your ears aren't going to hurt. Whereas if you're firing a regular pistol in like an indoor environment or whatever, you're going to have hearing damage really fucking fast. So um, because the the noise from a bullet comes from two things. The first is the gas expanding out of the barrel and it's an explosion. So a silencer takes care of that because it allows the gas to expand slower and it's no longer an explosion. It's like the difference between stabbing a car tire with a a knife and it explodes versus Mm -hmm. letting the air out by just pressing the nozzle. The, the, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's not a great example. That's not a very good example, but I understand. You're letting the air out of the the barrel more slowly. It doesn't pop. Yeah. That's that's vastly different, but yeah. Um, and then the other sound from a gun is the sound of the bullet breaking the sound barrier. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, go ahead. I just, well, we're in talking about speed because we got away from this. We're talking about bulletproof vests. And what you said is a bulletproof vest isn't, doesn't make you invincible. Oh, no. What, when you get hit by a bullet, rather than it piercing a small area, the, the fabric of the bulletproof vest, and it's not fabric, it's layers of whatever, Kevlar, whatever. It yeah, is. Depend, there's ver- a variety of vests. So some are, are just going to be Kevlar and several layers or whatever. The heavier ones are going to be Kevlar with maybe some like steel or iron plating or something. Yeah. Um, those are way heavier and harder to wear and w- move around, but they're obviously going to provide more protection. But point is, it's impenetrable impenetrable no. for the most part for the most part and it's it takes that single point of impact and it spreads it out but either way it's like being punched except i don't know how fast a punch might go but at you know 900 miles an hour are you googling how fast a punch is no oh you should because i'm curious how fast the punch is and not they're not all fully impenetrable um but it's definitely slowing that bullet down and in certain cases keeping it from going all the way through you or from bouncing around within you to entering at a slower rate what are you what are you searching i'm curious i see you googling muzzle energy of a nine millimeter bullet and i'm trying to figure out how to compare it to something that's a little bit easier to understand because it's measured in joules and that's basically just going to be like kinetic energy is um, one half mass times the velocity squared. So mass and speed equal kinetic energy. Um, and I want to figure out, I think a good comparison would be if you're wearing your regular body armor and someone shoots you with a nine millimeter or whatever, like the body armor is going to make it so that the bullet doesn't go through you, but it's the, the vest still has to absorb that energy and that energy has to go somewhere. The bullet's still going this way. So it, you did, yeah, it spreads out. And I think it would kind of be like if someone threw a fastball and you got pegged by like a 90 mile an hour fastball wherever that bullet went. And the other and, thing is and getting get, hit by getting hit by a baseball is <laughs> is insanely painful. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I think the other thing that people don't really pay attention to is if you if like a bulletproof vest takes one bullet, like then if it's if you get one shot here and then like another shot here, um, this second shot is going to be much more likely to do a lot more damage because the fibers already got stretched because of the first one. So now they're not going to be able to do the same kind of work. So if you get shot multiple times in a bulletproof vest, 
each shot is going to do more and more damage with the likelihood that it's going to penetrate and kill you going up exponentially with each shot. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't turn you into a superhero uh, is the point, but I think, I think, you know, we're, we're losing some direction here. I think what we probably want to get into is a bit more of gun control. And I feel like that's going to be the topic um, over the Okay. It's going to be more than a fastball. It's going to be about five times more energy than a 90 mile an hour pitch. Okay, so getting hit by a, a, a fastball times five. Yeah. Which I thought the fastball seemed a little, a little low, in my opinion, because it, it will break ribs. Uh, you, know, you can break bones but even through a bulletproof vest. Um, but where I was going was I feel like over the next week, because we have such a liberal administration right now, we're going to hear a lot on gun control. As we should. Sure, sure. But also there's going to be a lot of pushback on it. And we're in a where everything is just kind of hyper extreme right now. So I feel like there's a really good chance two big shootings in a very in in, within one week um, and a liberal administration is very likely to cause some new legislation. some gun reforms again i think a lot of the gun reform and that's why i was asking questions like what were the guns that were being used in these shootings um but the one that happened yesterday i don't know yet the 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 news is still kind of coming out yeah um but there's so much news against automatic weapons and reducing the amount of bullets that can be held in an automatic weapon clip and if they if it, it would come to find out that there weren't automatic weapons used, there's going to be some other things. Obviously, well, the, the wait period between when you can buy a gun and when you want to buy a gun. Here's the thing about um, semi-automatic rifles. Um, so AR-15s, which are M16 variants of various sorts, are going to be chambered in 223. And they don't have that much recoil. And most of them are going to be have magazines of like 20 or 30 bullets and since instead of having one hand to absorb the recoil you've got a bigger weapon that naturally is just going to resist movement more so the recoil is absorbed partially just by the body of the gun but also most people will have that holstered on their shoulder and have one hand on the trigger and the other hand on the barrel of the gun to stabilize it and Mm -hmm. The difference between a semi-automatic and an automatic rifle is really just how much work your fingers have to do. It doesn't affect the rate of fire. Anybody who has any practice with semi-automatic weapons can probably squeeze off almost as many rounds as if the weapon were automatic. It just means that they have to do more work with their fingers instead of just holding it down. Yeah, just an automatic weapon, for the most part, doesn't shoot at super rapid fire. The bullets still have to enter the chamber and be expelled through the chamber which I just remember from playing paintball that that's a very slow process because the paintballs need to enter the chamber and it can't fire before the paintballs fully entered the chamber. Otherwise it will break the paintball and your gun will pretty much get clogged. Okay. So rate of fire, rate of fire on an M16, which is similar to the AR 15 or whatever is between 45 to 60 rounds per minute. So it's about, it's a little less than a bullet a second. So if you're shooting. Uh, in semi-automatic. All right. Uh, never mind. 
so it's 700 to 950 rounds per minute um sustained automatic fire so that's really 700 about, rounds per minute okay so yeah I, but that's I, if I you had wrong. like a belt feeding or something where like you didn't have to worry about running out of ammunition but in reality so 700 oh, to 950 rounds per minute let's call that let's call that 12 rounds per second um which is pretty fast but you can get up to about that speed with your fingers. You might be able to get to eight to nine per second with your fingers. If yeah, once it, once you get the timing down. Yeah. But, um, and uh, that's pretty average. I'd say about 10 per second for an automatic weapon is about the average there. There are other guns that fire closer to 15 or whatever. So I ju I'm just going to catch up real quick in the comments from uh, Instagram right here. Cheryl is saying that he bought an AR 15 and they're still trying to figure out where from. But I think just the availability okay. of them, the the availability of guns and the ease in where you buy them is, is probably the biggest issue. When I get into gun debates with people, I just pose the simple question, would the world be... Now, these are two different sides of the spectrum, but would the world be a safer place if... Would there be more or less gun violence if everyone had a gun versus if no one had a gun? That's now an that's, easy question to answer. Duh, exactly. But then, then the person usually replies, yeah, but there are already guns out there. You can't take them away from people. Sure, but is the solution to make things safer arm everyone or arm no. as many people as possible? And that's, that's kind of the counter argument to you know, everyone being armed, more guns being being issued to people. And, and here are the flaws with that argument. What? Arming more Arming people? everybody. Yeah. The flaws to that argument is that in a situation where someone is trying to shoot people, like the, the a bad guy has a gun. Well, when they start shooting and somebody else pulls a gun on them, in a chaotic situation, it's very easy to lose track of who the bad guy is and who the good guys are. Because when everyone has a gun, how are you going to know which person you're supposed to shoot? It's not as simple as in a video game where the bad guy is wearing red and everybody else is wearing blue. So it's not. A, and also, most people, even gun owners, don't have the same level of training as law enforcement officers or military police or soldiers in terms of their uh, their accuracy with the weapon and their discipline with the weapon so if you have a whole bunch of amateurs trying to exact justice on their own they're much more likely to miss and shoot an innocent bystander let alone compa like compounding how oh. difficult it is to identify the person you're actually trying to shoot that's hard for a trained law enforcement I, officer i will I'll run a scenario by you. All right. There's an active school shooter on the, on a school campus. We'll call it a middle school. And there happens to be someone who's armed and carrying a weapon on the staff in the middle school and the police get called and the police raid the building and the armed staff member is now trolling the halls, trying to find the active shooter. Well, guess what happens? The police show up. They don't know the, the armed staff, member from the next guy and they take down the armed staff member and chances are they're probably not going to announce themselves and try to talk the guy down he's been shooting middle schoolers so they're just going to aim and fire on him 
and now you have one good guy down and you know it's i I, that's kind of my point yeah and it's you you make you make a very good point um but making guns more available is obviously a very flawed argument um and then making guns harder to get to me just makes more sense uh especially being able to buy a gun the same day and we talked about comparing it to abortions i don't know very much about abortions but i do know that in most of the states if you want one you go and you get basically a consultation and they don't just tell you all right take your pants off and lean back we'll take care of this um most of them it's a 24-hour waiting period at the minimum they educate you they tell you what your options educate are. you they, yeah well some places educate you like basically telling you for god's sake you have to keep the child and then they send you home to think about it um and you're already in an emotional state because you found out you're pregnant which one does a lot to you psychologically but also you you probably have different hormones going on in your body you're you're also in the process of making one of the most difficult decisions in your life nobody nobody goes into an abortion saying i've been waiting for this day to come exactly but but then you have someone who's buying a gun now if they're in an emotional state trying to buy a gun. That's probably a bad thing. Now, if they're not and they just want to buy a gun, then, okay. then they let can me, wait. They can wait. Go ahead. What, let, let me ask like kind of the counter to this question, which is in what situation do you ever have? What situation could ever present itself where you must be able to buy a gun the same day? When 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 does that happen? <laughs> When, give me a good example of when you have to have a gun this very day. Um, I you know I can't I can't think of one. I can't think of one. That this, this uh, name a situation that exists that wouldn't be that wouldn't be any different if you, you had to wait two or three days. I can't think of one. Um, what, like what good reason do you have to buy a gun? And you say I need it right now. I need it in an hour. Yeah, I mean because the only time that I can think of is if you've got someone who's threatening your life. You're like my ex-boyfriend is is stalking me and I feel that he might shoot me or something like that, then your situation should be, I'm going to the police and I need protection. I need to have the law protect me because that's what the police are there. Well, for. But they may, actually but, do a pretty good job with that. Sure. But, but you, you know, the person pursuing you might say, if you go to the police, then I'm really going to kill you. And then you go to the police and they're like, all right, write this report and give us a call if anything happens. And so well, yeah, that points out some other flaws in our domestic violence system. But well, my point is that like by being able to buy a gun in the same day, what problem is that solving? Yeah, I, I just, I, I, I don't know if you need something that badly. It's then there's probably other solutions available that you should consider. Yeah. And you know, whatever's driving you may not be something rational. Like it's not like you saw a deer off in a field on the side of the highway and you're going to go to a store, buy a gun and and come (laughs) back. That deer will still be there in an hour, man. Well, so, (laughs) so, so look though, (laughs) that reminded me of a story of a friend of mine who, you know, uh, I won't shout out any names, but this is what this is also one of my favorite stories that I remind him of all the time. He saw um, it was probably like six years after he was in high school and he saw his high school crush. This girl, he, he had a huge crush on at a gas station. 
there's only one person this can be. <laughs> so no, I don't think it's it's who you're th- thinking. Maybe a very close relative of that person. But saw saw a girl he had a huge crush on a gas station. He'd been like doing some work on the car or something, so he was filthy. So rather than pull into the gas station, pretend to get some gas or buy a carton of milk or something and say hi, he went home took a shower, changed his clothes, and went back to the gas station and then called me and said, shit, uh, you wouldn't believe what just happened. I just saw the girl of my dreams. And I, you know, so I, <laughs> she was bumming gas. So I, I raced home. I took a shower, changed my clothes and came back and she was gone. And I, <laughs> I was like, dude, what, no matter how fast you went, like she, she had, she had 12 gallons to bump and she was out of there. Like, Does his name start with an S? <laughs> it may <laughs> okay. uh, but but yeah that just but instantly my head went there when you were trying to say name a scenario where you need a gun immediately i was like when you see a deer in a field and you want to go to the store buy a gun and come back and shoot the deer i guess um all right look we uh, oh, there's it, one ahead. other scenario so right. th- like so we've talked about like should we make guns more available and we both come down on the side of no should there be a waiting period yes um I had this argument with some coworkers of mine who were very much on the side of guns rights and guns should be available. Mm-hmm. I believe this was two years ago. I think I might've told the story on the stream a while back actually, but two years ago there was a mass shooting in Ohio and it happened at night where the city had one of those blocks that like, they closed down like two or three blocks and the bars open. You can walk on the streets and everything and people can just go from bar to bar. Right. Yeah. So this guy takes a, like an Uber with a gun apparently that's the thing about rifles i don't know how you just people carry around these rifles and and well whatever the case is he had he had an ar-15 or similar and he brought it with him to this area of the town that was shut down for parties or whatever that night and so there's a lot of people in the area densely packed he gets out of his out of the uber walks to wherever he thinks he's going to be able to do the most damage and opens fire so do you know how long it took to for police to respond to to him? I would assume pretty quickly. Usually those areas have a decent amount of police there. Yeah. So in number of minutes, how long did it take police to get to him? Uh, one minute. Pretty close. It was less than a minute. Okay. It was less than a minute for police to hear the sound of gunfire, respond, shoot, and kill him. I think it was like... 45 seconds or something so what what are you saying though that the point that i'm making is he managed to kill nine people in the time that it took police to respond and i don't think you can ask anything more from police than a 45 second response time that's really good well i you know if you if we defund the police different argument we're not going there no but point is it's not helping the cause but what i'm saying is the police responded about as quick as you could ever expect them to respond. They did everything right. And the guy still managed to kill nine people. Yeah, that's and insane. If, if he had a lower magazine capacity or a less powerful weapon at his availability, would he have killed some people? Probably. Would it have been nine? Probably not. So the question, and I asked the, I asked the guys, I said, how can we justify letting people have these kind of weapons? And they were both hunters. And I said, would you ever take one of these kind of weapons on a hunt? And they said, no. I said, why? And they well, said, because the way that the bullets are designed for that kind of a weapon, they're not good for killing an animal because they will over penetrate and they'll leave the animal wounded 
but the animal will be able to get away. And the whole idea with hunting is like, you're not supposed to cause suffering to the animal. You want to kill the animal as quickly as possible. So it doesn't suffer. And the kind of bullets that are in an AR 15 are two, two, three, which are really, really actually small caliber, but they're very fast and high energy and they're designed to yaw and wound. And I, I said, would you ever take one of those kind of weapons? I don't know. The answer, the, said, answer, the answer is no. And, and right. it's, it's very difficult to make an argument that you can have all guns immediately just because you want them just because the second amendment says so. That's so that, you, know, you restrict magazine capacity because changing a magazine takes five to 10 seconds, maybe a little bit less if you're experienced but it's still time that you're not shooting people. And so if instead of having a 20 or 30 round capacity or more, if you're limited to 10, then that's a lot more time that people have to escape. That's yeah. a lot more time for the police to respond. Look, I mean, I, I think we both know how we feel on gun ownership and availability of guns. My thinking for myself, the reason I don't have a gun is because I would use it. When I hear a noise in the middle of the night, rather than creep to the door or like, you know, consider grabbing a baseball bat or something, I would just grab a gun and then creep to the door. And I would be much more likely to use that gun in a moment of shock than than I would if I did not have a gun. And if I had a baseball bat, I'd be much less likely to kill someone than I would with a gun. But, you know, I just I think if you have it, you'll use it. And it's it's funny because I think we talked about this in the last episode or maybe the episode before. If you give a man a hammer. Everything looks like a nail. Yeah. Every, every, I'm getting a freaking call here. Everything looks like a nail. And I've been thinking about that phrase a lot because I've been listening to a radio station where there, it, there's a marijuana doctor and the doctor comes on and saying, Hey, are you depressed? Are you feeling anxiety? Are you having chronic pain? Uh, you know, you give us a call and, we can do a consultation. But my thinking was like, when does this person ever not prescribe marijuana? It's like you go to a normal <laughs> doctor, you go to a normal doctor and like, well, maybe we'll give you some Xanax or maybe we'll give you some painkillers or maybe maybe we'll give you some weed. But if you call a weed doctor, like he's probably just writing that prescription pretty much every single time. And it's a phone meeting. It's a phone meeting that you're, um, you know, your consultation, you're not even going in a person. So I can't imagine you just have to say a couple of key words and, and you're getting that. Yeah. It's kind of like, like some of the probably clergy members that aren't necessarily the best at your job where the solution to everything is just pray. Like, let's not address the problem. Just pray. Just pray on it. Just pray on it. <laughs> God. Um, all right. Look, we got to wrap up because we're going to run out of time. And I, I, I guess the new updates are cutting us at an hour. They're just kicking us offline. So really, yeah. Anything we, we got like three minutes, but I figure we'll, uh, we'll start winding down. Anything else you wanted to add? I'm hoping that the Democrats are going to do something with their power in Congress to increase like universal background checks where there's new, no loopholes, no, no way around it has something like 90% approval in this country pass the universal background checks, restrict like weapon capacity, restrict, increase the waiting period for, for long rifles. Um, maybe, maybe restrict long rifles, maybe make long rifles bolt action only. I don't know. Like, well, I think that I, I kind of like the idea of the long rifle though, because it's really difficult to get them in and out of places. Like we, people think you're carrying around a broomstick or something. 
long uh, long rifles is just really the term for any rifle that is for any gun that is not a submachine gun okay well but either way it's a it's not it's not a small weapon it's yeah we're not talking about like 19 like 1770s muskets that are eight feet long yeah um all right any anything else you want to add no, we pretty much covered. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think pretty much everybody. I, we'll, 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 we'll reconvene on this a little bit uh, on the next episode, on Thursday's episode. And also on a little house update, if you can fill, fill us in on what's going on with the house. Uh, the Closing's thing- on Friday. Brilliant. So, um, all right. So I guess we And can now move. I've just built up a huge amount of anxiety about all the things I'm going to have to do in terms of the physical move and also getting contractors to do some of the work that I want to do. We'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it Thursday, which is which is before the close. Last thing I wanted to add is um, just a PSA about hate, because I think it, people are very hateful. You read comments on social media. You read a lot of the you know trash talking on Twitter. Even what's going on with Meghan Markle, like all these people got all this shit they want to talk about. Like people, hate is really an internal issue. And if you're spreading negativity, you have a major problem. And that's something people need to put in check before they end up shooting places up. Um, and I just, you know, my, my PSA is really if you're if you're feeling some hate, you need to do some self-reflection. You may need some therapy. You may need somebody to talk to. Um, but don't bottle that shit up because it's going to pop at some point and focus on being positive. It's just, you know, it's a regular exercise positive thoughts even you know when you're in a dark place you think about the good stuff you plan for the future you plan for positivity you start taking action to make yourself better and life gets better but don't focus on the negative it's it's not gonna it's not gonna bring you anywhere good um on that note though we got a wrap we're hitting the time limit james i'll catch up with you thursday really excited for this house closing so we'll talk more about that and uh i will catch up with you next time. Quick TikTok comment. I do I see a Basque flag? You have a Basque flag in the background? I do. All right. Um all right. Let's talk about that on Thursday. Love the Basque country. Nothing but good things to say about them. All right. We'll talk about that later. Adios, guys. Later. All right. That concludes the episode on guns. I believe we did an episode on guns earlier last year, but obviously this gun violence persists. It's gonna be a serious problem um, if we don't change things because it just continues to increase in frequency. So um, as I mentioned up front, be thankful that you are safe and sound. And I thank you for participating and listening to this podcast. Um, it's some serious stuff. As light as we make of it during the podcast, uh, these are serious issues that uh, our society needs to face. And uh, like I said, if we don't change things, it's probably not getting any better. See you guys next time. I like PBR, I just got priced out of it.